Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football on its longest win streak in two years, and now a classic trap game scenario looms. Why the nation should or shouldn't buy into the Houston Cougars as a viable threat. The man who coaches Kyle Van Noy, Alani Fua, and maybe the most talented group of outside linebackers BYU has ever featured, Kelly Papinga joins the show. Plus, we're inside the trenches with former BYU offensive lineman Terrence Brown to discuss BYU's carousel of line play and how that rotation can benefit the Cougars. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hello, Nation. It's Thursday, October 17th, game day for women's soccer and volleyball, and the day before Boom Shakalaka! Boom Shakalaka! Yeah. And then Saturday's football game against Houston. That's what's up. I'm very much looking forward to the next three days. BYU and Houston lining it up in an NFL stadium. I'm headed to the H-Town for the very first time, and on the advice of one of the Houston Cougar football stars, Zach McMillan, making a stop at Frenchie's for some fried chicken. I'll have a full report for you, Jerem, on that. I can't wait. Also, I'll be watching Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka! From Houston, maybe while I'm eating my fried chicken from Frenchie's, amp to see BYU's 610 High riser Eric Mika in the dunk uh, in the dunk contest in the dunk contest, and then tonight, field side for a crucial matchup: BYU women's soccer team, uh, the Cougars, holding on to the 25th ranking in the country, really needing a win over a solid Pepperdine team to stay in that West Coast Conference title race. So, can they bounce back after a tough loss to Santa Clara? Yes. Other than that, not much going on though, right? Yeah, seriously. Remember, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYUradio.org. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM 143, and Dish Network 980. The show's also on demand every afternoon on youtube.com slash BYU Radio. We'd like you to join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and uh, weigh in in our daily poll question on BYUTVSports.com. That was a perfect tee up, Jerem. And today our question is... Way to buy yourself some time. I'm not buying myself some time. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. Is the Houston game a trap game for BYU football right now on BYUTVSports.com? A little over 34% say yes, no at 65% and change. So I'm not surprised. For me, I lean more towards Houston being a viable threat uh, than a lot of people do. And we'll get into that later. We continue on. BYU Sports Nation. Uh, also, send your tweets to us at BYU Sports Nation. We want you to have a voice in this, uh, of course, because the more comments you add to us, the better our show is. We already have a bevy of differing opinions, and we'll jump into I some disagree. of those tweets. Just kidding. You said differing opinions. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. Great 55 minutes on the way. Uh, BYU outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator Kelly Papinga, plus inside the mind of a former standout BYU offensive lineman, and why he's encouraged with what he sees from the Cougars right now. Interesting take. Well, we'll see what he says. We haven't asked him yet. What, what if he's discouraged? He's not. <laughs> we'll find out, dude. Rise and shout. Stop for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Extend the streak, avoid the trap. You know, it was a big game for BYU to continue with this momentum that they've they've kind of built up with these this three-game win streak. And, you know, this is, this is a tough on-the-road game against a good Houston Cougars team who's, uh, you know, you guys, you guys discussed, they're, they're undefeated. So they're riding high. Um, so it's going to be a good clash. That's BYU TV football analyst David Nixon earlier this week on BYU Sports Nation talking about the game with Houston. Let us remind you, this is Game 7 for BYU. The Cougars are 4-2, and two, playing at Reliance Stadium Saturday. Houston is 5-0, and oh, but they ain't played nobody. They've played Southern 1, uh, beat Temple on the road by 9, beat Rice by 5, beat UTSA, that's Texas San Antonio, but gave up 28 points to that team, and then beat Memphis 25-15, a Memphis team that lost to Middle Tennessee, who lost handily to BYU. To me, this is not a trap game. A trap game is a, uh, an opponent wedged between two significant games that you overlook. I don't, for one thing, I don't think BYU is overlooking Houston, so they're not treating it like a trap game. But 
to me, Houston is not very good. They're the worst undefeated team in the country. Now, that's kind of a weird phrase because you're undefeated, so you need some respect, right? There's 14 undefeateds. Houston, if Houston was 5-0 and and had crushed fools, I would say, look out for the other Cougars. But because they have not played well against inferior competition, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think BYU is going to handle things. But you, my friend, respect Houston more than I do. Yeah, I think you're contradicting yourself, first of all, because you say, well... I I I'm not I don't think BYU is overlooking Houston but That's BYU but I am. But they shouldn't be worried about this game. That is the that is exactly the attitude that BYU should not have. And I don't the, think they the have team it either. versus my opinion. I don't think they have it either. But look, all he's Houston's 5 and 0. You can only win the games on your schedule, right? You got to win them better than you did though to impress. I'm not impressed. Okay, well some people could look at BYU and say, eh, you lost to Virginia." I'm not impressed. I don't think people are impressed with BYU. They're 4-2. They lost to Virginia. Exactly. So why, got some work to so do. So why should BYU be that heavily favored over Houston? Because they are a much different team than the Virginia game. BYU's on a three-game win streak against, against better opponents than Temple and Rice. If anybody is going into this game, fan or player, thinking, eh, we got this. I am. Uh, it's good to be confident, but it's not... You cannot write off an opponent that is five and zero, playing in Houston. Like if this game's in Provo, okay, maybe I lean towards. Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. But the fact that they're on the road, BYU on paper should win this game. There's no argument right there. But on paper, Texas should have beat BYU, right? Texas on the road in Provo, they get thumped by BYU on paper. Texas wins that game. They have better athletic talent. Okay? BYU is a better football team than Houston, even though CBSSports.com released their top 123 rankings or whatever today, and they have Houston four spots above BYU, which I think is bunk. Bunk. But still. Define bunk. Crap. Bunk. Uh, so, yeah. On paper, I think that BYU what? should win this game, but you can't. that's why they play the game. You play to win the game. What's Houston's record if they play BYU's schedule? That's a good question. Two and three. And, and, and what what wins and what losses? Or sorry, they'd be maybe two and four. If, if the way that Houston's played, like they they probably maybe they beat Virginia. I don't know. I don't know if they beat Texas. BYU had the game of their lives against Texas. I don't think they beat Utah. Stanford didn't. They beat Middle Tennessee. Utah State, that's probably a good game. Georgia Tech, that's probably a good game. Okay, so they could be four and two just like BYU. They could be three and more likely three and three. They could be four and two. Or though. two and four. You don't know what's gonna happen but in they any, don't crush in, Texas or Georgia Tech like BYU did. BYU or, or hang with Utah. BYU fans and players need to approach this game like Houston is a threat. And you know why? Because if they do approach Houston like they're a threat, then they will win by three touchdowns. They will play with that chip on the shoulder, like we have something to prove to the nation. I don't care if we're on ESPN News. Everybody that's watching is going to see BYU football and what we can do. I think there's a difference between the way the team should handle it and the way the fans should handle it. I'm tired of over-respecting opponents. I'm just tired of it. Like, oh, well, they're good. We need, like, we're not coaches. We're not, we're not coach speak. I'm going to say BYU is going to beat Houston by 17. I'm tired of over-respecting opponents. Next, next time Texas and that kind of situation comes up, hey, BYU's going to win this game. They're going to do it, and here's why. As opposed to, oh, they have this great talent, and it's going to be a tough game for BYU. I, BYU's going to roll Houston. They're going to do it. Topic two. Trouble with the trenches. BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall on having the same exact starting offensive line this week. I think we're making the very best out of the situation we have. Um, it looks like this will be the first time in six weeks seven weeks that we'll have the same five coming back with no injuries and no changes, so that'll be fun. It's actually the second time this season that BYU has had the same five starters on the offensive line from week to week, but still, that is wild. I mean, No continuity, no consistency. For them to perform the way that they have and win four of the six games, really should have won five of the six games. It's not exactly the offensive line's fault. They lost to Virginia. Um, but to perform the way that they have is really admirable, and I think a lot of people should be encouraged. And we'll talk to Terrence Brown, former BYU offensive lineman, 
uh, who played it from 05 and then 08 to 11, his opinion on this line and what what it means when you have 11 different starters this season, what it means that you have had five different starting lineups in six games. Uh, and then th- when you look at each position, going left tackle through right tackle, here's the number of different guys that have started at each position. This is crazy. You Le- said this yesterday. This, this blew me away. Left tackle, three guys. Left guard, two. Center, two. Uh, actually, that should be three. I'm wrong there. Right guard, four. Four. Four at right guard. And right tackle, three. Now, at the beginning of the season, you knew that three different guys who started in 2012 that should return did not. Houston Reynolds, Achilles, Famika Nye, chronic knee injury. He quit last year. But he had the greatest single game of maybe any BYU offensive lineman ever. He got two guys carted off against Hawaii. The offensive line walk-off, as Jerem Jordan oh my has gosh. dubbed it. The walk-off game of a lifetime. Blair <laughs> Tusshouse transferred to Arizona State. And so you come in with this year, BYU addressed the issue and I think brought in some really good talent from the JC ranks, four junior college guys and four freshmen. And you've had 11 different starters on this team. We knew that because of the pace quickening, you'd use more guys because you want fresh bodies. But the amount of guys that have rotated and played different positions, I'm, I'm wondering how, how much that affects BYU in the long term. Because like you said, consistency, continuity, that's important to an offensive line and to a quarterback who, who needs protection. And that brings up a whole different discussion in, in the success or struggles of Taysom Hill. Is how about him dealing with the carousel of different stars? Three different centers? Come on. Like you gotta cut the guy a break. Terrence Aletto, Junior, I believe, right? Uh Braden Kersley, true freshman. Really good. The the cream of the crop out of that high Love school that class. Kid. Love that kid. And then Edward Fusi, a junior college transfer, who started the last game at center for Leto, who's had recurring stingers, and he's not going to play on Saturday, apparently. Kersley, he wears number 55. That kid that kid has really stepped up and played well. But Taysom Hill dealing with three different centers after six games. How many quarterbacks in the country have had to do that? I, I bet we could probably count them on one hand. In fact, I don't know if there is another one other than Taysom Hill who has had three different starting centers in six games. And that played into some of the struggles at the beginning of the year, the line play. I Naturally. Think, I think it's been better, which is good, and we'll talk to Terrence Brown, like I mentioned, about that. Um, but, it, yeah, there's definitely room for improvement. And there's of the 11 guys that have started, I believe three are freshmen, and then there's only been one senior. So that's good news going forward. And that's what I was just going to say. While there has been so much rotation and it's been kind of a circus up there, it can be of benefit. I feel so strongly about that. I think Terrence will agree with me that this will ultimately be better off for BYU and their offensive line moving forward. Okay, we'll find out. Terrence Brown coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Topic 3. Awards and applause for the one and only KVN. Third down from the 15-yard line. Lee back to pass. Pressure comes, and Van Noy gets him. Third sack of the night for Kyle Van Noy. That was Dave McCann on the BYU TV game day replay against Georgia Tech. Kyle Van Noy with three sacks. And getting some praise here at the midseason point, Sports Illustrated and CBSSports.com this week naming him to their midseason All-American teams. Here's why this is a big deal. To be nationally relevant for BYU, you've got to do three things, as we've learned in various discussions with Trevor Maddich and Steve Young and others. You need to win. Three in a row. You need to have an exciting style of play. Thank you, Taysom Hill. And you need to have great players. Kyle Van Noy. What else can you say about the guy? I mean, look at Jadavian Clowney at South Carolina. Clown being the operative word there. How, how huge was uh, just the preseason hype? surrounding that guy going into the 2013 season. And what has he done? He's, he's the best athlete in America, but he's not playing. He's protecting himself. He hasn't, he hasn't lived up to the billing. Kyle Van Noy, on the other hand, has absolutely lived up to it. I mean, he had a ton of hype, and guess what? He's for real. He's not afraid to go and prove it. Double-team me. I don't care. I will still make plays. He ain't scared. He will still make plays. What else can you say about the guy that hasn't already been said? I love these stats through six games. 40 tackles, 10 for loss. Second on the team in in overall tackles. Yeah, which normally he's buried like 6 to 10. He's down there. 
Uh, this year, not the case. Four sacks, an interception, ten quarterback hurries, four pass breakups. You know what he? Uh, so the last two years, he's recorded a stat in every major defensive category. The only, the only player to do that nationally. You know what he needs to do it for a third year in a row? He needs to block a kick, force a fumble, and recover a fumble. That's it. In the next six games, that's all he needs to do it three years in a row. He is probably, most likely, the only player in NCAA history to do that. Appreciate watching Kyle Vano. He is a stud among studs. Yeah, play with style. Great players. Kyle Van Noy does both of those. Let's give a Kyle Van Noy a rise and shout right now. Just do it. Rise and shout for Kyle Van Noy. You are the man. Keep it up. Was going to be a star baseball player in high school, by the way. I really? Think, I think it worked out for uh, for everyone involved. It's going okay. That uh, his arm wasn't cooperating with baseball. Very quickly to some tweets. Uh, in regard to our poll question today, is the BYU at Houston football game a trap game? At Y for Life says, I'm calling it BYU 31, Houston 0. Wow, wow zero points for a team that scored in every quarter in yeah. Houston? Yeah, that, well, that's bold. That's a bold prediction. Uh, at CVD6262, he says, it's only a trap if they fall into it. So if they li- if BYU listens to me, then it's a trap game. Okay, we'll be back with more tweets. And coming up, former BYU offensive lineman Terrence Brown will tell us why consistency on the O-line is important. But first, BYU assistant coach Kelly Papinga joins us and will tell us how much coaching Kyle Vannoy actually needs. The answer might surprise you. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. What's up? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. You can follow us at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Watch Boom Shakalaka. I love this music so much. Boom shakalaka! The BYU Basketball Showcase live from the Smithfield House. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler hosting the fun, which features a three-point shootout, skills competition, and dunk contest. Don't miss it! Boom shakalaka! Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Now we go to BYUTVSports.com for a very quick poll update. Jerem, trap game or not? I say no, and that's leading at 58%. Uh, somehow our somehow our poll is is uh, one hundred one percent because yes is forty three percent. So yes has grown a little bit. So fans fans agree with you. Um, are, are it's starting growing. to they're starting yes. to agree with you that it is indeed a trap game. At first check, it was around sixty three, sixty four percent. So yes, perhaps I am swaying the masses, Jerem. One hundred one percent. How does that? What what's going on with our poll? That's there? not one hundred one percent. Yeah. 47 40, 40, and 50. No, no, 43 plus 58 is 101. I see 42.5 and 57.5. Is your computer acting up? No, I'm not I'm not on BOTVSports.com. I'm on the poll daddy. Oh, you're on the and then poll they, that feeds da- into. Okay. Oh, so you're you you're better than me because you can go to the the, the immediate source. BOTVSports.com wasn't updated when I originally did this. <laughs> Logistics on the air. Now joining us on BYU Sports Nation, outside linebackers coach Kelly Papinga. He's also the special teams coordinator, which has seen a lot of success so far this season and uh, garnered some praise. What's been the key to success on special teams this year? Yeah, I think really it's come down to um, having really good returners with J.D. and Adam back there. And really you can add Paul Lasique to that, being the off return and the kickoff return game. And then really Justin has done a great job. Uh, kicking the ball through the uprights. I think he's 9 for 11 or 10 for 12, something like that. He's made all his PATs, and he's really made the field goals that he should make. Um, There's one, I think, that he missed that was inside the 30, 35 that was earlier in the season, and he missed that long one this last week versus Georgia Tech. But really, it's just guys doing their jobs, and really we have better guys uh, returning than what we've had in the past. And uh, that's what I put it on mainly, and then really put it on uh, Coach – Hal, who's over the punt return team, and then Coach uh, George, who's over the KOR team, has done a good job of coming up with schemes every single week to give our guys chances to be successful. I just thought it was you. That's what I was going to say, but that answer worked for me. Did, did you give Justin? <laughs> yeah, no, I just uh, really what I do is I'm the I'm the culture builder. I kind of manage everything, um, make sure the personnel is what we think it should be, 
And then those guys are the guys that are over the schemes. So myself, I'm over the kickoff team. Coach Tittle's over the punt team. Uh, and like I said before, Coach Al's over the punt return team. And Coach George is over the kickoff return team. So those guys are held directly accountable by myself, by the performance of that team. And then I'm held accountable by, Co- by Coach Menemal and the total performance of special teams. So that's kind of how it works. I'm just going to translate that as you're the special team's big dog. Is that okay? Is that fair? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Talking to Kelly Papinga, the special team's big dog for BYU football. Kelly, do you ever rib Justin Sorensen or give him a hard time for for missing a 51-yarder? No, no. I don't. You know, we've learned that that's not the way to handle Justin. (laughs) So we just, uh, you know, Coach Tidwell is uh, over the kickers. He's uh, specifically over those guys and coaches those guys. He's been doing it for a really long time. and. I don't know anything about kickers, and I don't know if I ever want to know anything about kickers. They're all screwed up. But. No, he uh, Justin's done a great job this year. Him and Coach Tibble have a really good relationship, and so Coach Tibble's the one that kind of uh, chirps in his ear every now and again on a kickoff or um, on a you know PAT or field goal to make sure he's hitting his spot and uh, doing those things. And Coach Tibble's done a lot of research, and he knows what he's doing with the kickers and working with Lee Johnson um, also with our punters. Um, Coach Tidwell has a lot of really good resources to help those guys be successful. And so he's kind of the guy that coaches those dudes, and I kind of just stay back and tell Justin what I want on kickoff and on PAT and still going how we're going to do things and kind of just let him do do the rest. And he's done a great job this year. This, like I said before, just a major improvement from the last you know two years and uh, having a lot of success, and I hope to continue to – see him perform like he's been performing. Yeah, and Justin's healthy for the first time ever as a BYU Cougar, and those are his words. And I should give him a shout-out. There was a kickoff last game that went after a penalty. It was an 80-yarder. I think you were the sideline was given a Unsportsmanlike conduct after, after a celebration Lane's, penalty. Yeah, yeah. Pick six. Anyway, Justin kicks a line drive out of the end zone, and Bronco Mendenhall runs to midfield and like slaps some high fives. So Justin's doing some nice things. Yeah, no, it was uh, that was pretty impressive. One of probably the most impressive things to happen all night was just to see. I've never seen that before, to be honest with you. You see, usually, you know, a, a penalty like that happen. The ball has to be kicked from the twenty, and you usually see a team get really good to field position after a penalty like that. And that's really when I was uh, setting up kickoff because I'm over kickoff. We were talking about the situation that we um, were planning to do and the coverage that we wanted to do. And uh, I didn't tell Justin anything. I just told I just told Justin or Coach Hal because I'm upstairs. I told Coach Hal just to tell Justin to hit a spot, and Justin destroyed the ball and kicked it right over the guy. I think the guy was standing on the 15 yard line. Yeah, he was he was ticked. Over. He was mad. Yeah, he was. I mean, he thought you know, he hadn't gotten a return all night because Justin was getting <laughs> the end zone every single time. And I think he thought this is my chance right here. Here we go. And that ball went selling over his head, line drive, landed, I think, on the two-yard line and then bounced into the end zone. So in the air for 78 yards, that's pretty impressive. No one breaks down special teams like BYU Sports Nation. Kelly Papinga <laughs> joins BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about your outside linebackers. They're doing just dandy. You've had a linebacker score. One of your guys score the last three games. A safety against Middle Tennessee for... Kyle Vanoy, a pick six against Utah State for Kyle Vanoy, a pick six for Alani Fua. What is going right with those guys on the outside? It all comes down to having great players that are really talented. That's what I always contributed to. And um, I always look like a better coach, or any coach looks like a great coach when you have really, really good players, and that's what I have right now. So you had um, Spencer, who came in the last game and played some outside backer for us, and Alani and Kyle. And uh, you got Jeremiah Lee, the Doyer, who's you know a role player behind those guys. Um, they're just they're all really good players, and uh, don't stress about having any of those guys in at any time. They all know what they're doing, and I know they're going to make plays. And and that's how it's been with BYU. When we're really good on defense, we have really good outside backers. Even go back to the days when I played with you know Brian Kill and David Nixon, and then you throw you know Jordan Pellington and Colby Claus into that mix, and now the the era of Kyle Dannoy, Spencer Hadley, Alani Fua. I mean, it's just been one year after another of having great outside backers. And uh, hopefully we can land some guys recruiting to continue that um, trend. But uh, that's really how a 3-4 defense works. You look at any 3-4 defense in the NFL or around the country in college football, if you have great outside backers, you're a really, really good defense. And that's what uh, has been happening here for the last eight or nine years. 
Kelly Papinga on BYU Sports Nation, former linebacker, now coaching the outside linebackers and special teams big dog coordinator. Kelly, I know you're an expressive guy, and we've seen some shots during the games of you up in the press box pounding your fists on the glass window at the offensive coaches and whatnot. What are you doing when you watch Kyle Van Noy pick off the first pass of the game and take it back, and then Alani Fua do it against Georgia Tech? Uh, you don't want to know. We'll just keep that <laughs> myself and the other guys that are in the box. But no, it's I, I always tell everybody I'm a caged I'm a caged beast up there. That's why they put me up there. <laughs> I was on the sideline, I'd be out of control. We finally so, saw it against uh, Utah State. They had a little camera in there. We need to get one yeah, in no, on the home was, game. Uh, yeah, I think I think what you guys are talking about. They uh, they showed me after I think Kurt Henderson made yep, a yeah. long catch, and uh, I just. Yeah, that's that's typical. That's my typical reaction. That's probably a calm reaction right there to what <laughs> usually a good play happens. Then when a bad play happens, yeah, we won't talk about that. But the mosh, the mosh pit up in the coach's box. Remind us who all is up there in the box with you during the game. Um, yeah, for the defense, um, we have the two graduate assistants, uh, Jason Walker and Shane Hunter, up there, and then myself. And then offensively, we have Coach Holiday, uh, Coach Beck, and then one of our student assistants, Mika and I. Who's the most business-like in the box? The most business-like, not even close, Jason Beck. I knew it. Could have guessed I that one. I knew it, yeah. Not even close. The guy, I mean, freaking Payson will run for 900 yards <laughs> and, you know, in, the Texas, in the Texas game, and he just sits there, no expression, no excitement. <laughs> just, okay, let's go to the next play, guys. You know, just just like it happens every single play, but uh, just very calm. I need to learn a little bit from that guy and uh, take some notes because I need to do a little more of that. But he uh, – <laughs> Yeah, he'd be the by far and away, not even close, the most business-like guy up in the box. So Robert and I is on the sideline calling the plays offensively. What's Jason Beck, his specific role in the box? Uh, you know, usually what I hear him doing, because between series, we're, I don't really see a lot of what the offense is doing during the game or what the coaches are doing, but um, just thinking about it, he's giving the down and distance, he's giving um, the hash mark and uh, – Maybe a suggestion here or there on you know plays that have worked in the past um, in these situations you know the situation that might be on or that they might be in, but it's, it's typically just a down and distance and the hash mark that they're on. And with that, Robert and I takes that info and makes a decision on the play very quickly, right? Yes, okay. very fast. I mean, their their communication is man, it's lightning. It's super super fast, and it has to be with the tempo that our offense is doing, and so. Very well-oiled machine. They they practice it and practice every single day, and so they have it down um, to a science of exactly how they want to do it. And um, it's you know trending right now upward, as you guys you know can all say. Our offense is playing really well right now, and hopefully um, they continue to take a step forward along with the defense and special teams. And the Cougars continue to get better week in and week out. That's the plan. That's how it should go, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, we sound like a broken record where we're like, yeah, the defense is amazing. They're spectacular. 12 straight games, you've held an opponent under 24 points. Uh, 22 out of the last 23, they've been under 24 points. So that side of the ball certainly deserves some serious credit and, and some, some padding on the back. And I know the offense has been getting better, but why has the defense not only been good, but been good for so long and so consistently? Yeah, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about the outside backers. We just, I mean, to be honest and frank, we just have better players than what we've had. Um, starting in the 2011 season, that's probably the most talent that we've had on the field. Of, you know, 11 guys from bottom to top than we've had for a really, really long time. Even when I played, we had really good defenses, but we don't have the talent, or we didn't have the talent that we have now. So really the simple answer is we have better players. And then the reason why I think we're so consistent from year in and year out when we put this defense in back in 2006, my junior season as a player, and now to this point it's eight seasons, or would that be nine? I can't remember. Eight, I think it is. Um, running this 3-4 defense, the scheme is very sound. It's a sound scheme. Um, don't take a lot of risks. We keep a lot of stuff in front of us. Kind of a bend-don't-break mentality, and we plan on out-executing our opponent, and they're going to make a mistake before um, we make a mistake execution-wise, and usually that's how it works. And so um, if you look at this season, when we've given up points, it's usually been after we've given up a big play. You look at the Boise, not the Boise State, the Georgia Tech game, and uh, the first touchdown was after a big play, you know, and they run a post-will and a little mis- miscommunication with our DBs, and we give up a long pass, and the same thing goes with the long run at Georgia Tech near the end of the game. 
or my, one of my outside backers doesn't fit in the right gap, and that play goes for 65 yards. So it's just um, it's, it's our guys are very assignments down on top of being very athletic and talented, and that's usually a really good combination for um, success. And so that's that's what I contributed to, guys. It's just we have great players, and uh, they're performing the tasks that we're asking them to do, and when that happens, uh, we're successful. When we don't do that, then that's when we, we're at risk and when usually we give up points and long drives. Kelly Papinga joins us on BYU Sports Nation, one of those great players that you mentioned, Kyle Van Noy. How much coaching does he require? You know what, Kyle's is funny because he, he takes a lot of coaching, believe it or not, because he tries to use his instincts a lot. When he was younger, it was way more maintenance um, than anything just because he tried to rely on his instincts and his athletic ability more than anything and would go out of the scheme a lot. Um, he's not like that so much. He did that a couple times in the Georgia Tech game and actually made a couple plays. That first sack of the game, he was actually supposed to be in coverage, and he saw the whole offensive line slide away from him, and he didn't have really any responsibility. He was the flat defender to the boundary side right there, and uh, nobody came out to the flat, so he thought, hey, i got a free uh, shot at the quarterback right now. I'm just going to blitz. When he really Is that acceptable behavior? You know what? If you're going to get a sack, I guess, I guess <laughs> I'll let it go, you know, but – that's, uh, you know, you. what am I going to do, yell at the guy for getting a sack? No, that's hey, just... you got a sack and a pick six. <laughs> Come on, man. Run the defense. Yeah. And But, no, it's just, you know, you, what, usually what I tell them is if you come out of your assignment, you better make a play. And if you don't, then you're going to be in big trouble. And that's, you, you know, how it works. And so there's, there's time to take risks and there's time to take chances, and we talk about that in the film room. And um, <clears throat> there's, you know, calculated risks that you sometimes have to take in a game and, Kyle decided to take one there, and it was successful for him. And he's done that a lot in his career. But really, with me and Kyle, our relationships just come down to him trusting me of helping him learn the defense and then also me having trust in him that he's going to go out and make plays in certain situations when the defense might not put him in that situation to make that play. So it kind of works both ways, but he's done a great job as his career has gone on to you know, do his assignment, stay within the, the defense, stay within the scheme, and uh, be able to, you know, make plays also at the same time when maybe he wasn't supposed to make a play. But that's just that's just good football. That's a good football player. He's a, an instinctive guy that, you know, knows when to take chances and when not to take chances. So Kelly Papinga wrapping up on BYU Sports Nation. You have the Houston Cougars coming up this Saturday. And every opponent you face this year has been so unique. What makes Houston a unique opponent to prepare for. Yeah, you know what? Houston does a great job of, I think they have a great scheme, and they use their personnel really, really well. Their quarterback, who's a true freshman, doesn't play like a true freshman. He runs around really well, um, throws the ball on the run really well. Um, they have really good receivers, and uh, they, they just have good skill. And their coaches do a great job of putting those guys in positions to make plays. And really what we're comparing it a lot to is back in 2007, we played a very similar team in uh, Tulsa, went down to their place, and it was a shootout, 55, I think it was 55-47. And, uh, you know, it's it's very similar situation to where um, we're going down, you know, into, you know, that same area of the country against a very similar opponent, and we got to play really well. They like to do things in the, in the blue zone where they're going to try to trick you and misdirect you and, you know, roll out one way, throw the ball back another way, throw double passes, throw reverses. So they have a lot of gadgetry, and our guys have to be assignment sound, and that's really what it came down to in that Tulsa game, you know, five six years ago, was our guys and myself included. We weren't super assignment sound, and we got all jacked up with all the reverses and the misdirections and everything. And as long as we stay assignment sound and stay focused on what we're supposed to do, we uh, we should be successful. But we have to we have to be assignment sound, and we cannot get caught up in all the stuff that they're going to try to do because they're going to do some stuff like that. And so we just have to play within our defense do our job, and uh, be in position to make plays and then make those plays. And if we do that, we'll give ourselves a chance to win. But if we're running around all over the place with our head cut off and trying to figure out all this crazy stuff that they're doing, then it's, it's going to be a long day for us. We need to have you on the show again. And for two reasons. You said gadgetry and jacked up in that last sentence, yeah. and that is fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Those are, those are two great words right there. K-pop brings it. <laughs> Kelly Papinga, we appreciate the time, and good luck Saturday. All right, guys. Appreciate you having me on. I just learned so much in that interview. He's great. Thanks again to Kelly Popinga for bringing it on BYU Sports Nation. Very quickly, back to some BYU Sports Nation banter on Twitter. In regards to our poll question today, is the BYU at Houston football game on Saturday a trap game? 
at AA14DK says, very easily could fall into trap status, but BYU is just too good to be beat IMHO, in my honest opinion. And then at Casey Castle 5 no, we, as in BYU, are focused. We, BYU, are ready to continue this win streak. We got this. We are farmers. Dun, 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 you know dun. what General Akbar thinks of the Houston game? It's a trap! <laughs> BYUTVSports.com. Oh. Poll updates. Update. Is the Houston game a trap game for BYU? No. 55% yes. 45%. That's a, That equals 100. That does equal 100. Good math. Thank goodness. Up next, the offensive line has taken a lot of criticism this year. Former BYU O-lineman Terrence Brown joins us and will tell us exactly where this line needs to improve. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan stands just to my left. Hey, friendly reminder, join us this Saturday for BYU football's first ever matchup with the Houston Cougars. BYU Radio's pregame coverage starts at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time if you like those moving pictures. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starting at 2.30 p.m. I will be live in Houston, my first trip to H-Town. Like a boss. The game is on BYU Radio and ESPN News, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by post-game coverage, extensive post-game coverage, I should say, on both BYU Radio and BYU TV. Poll update on BYUTVSports.com and weigh in at BYU Sports Nation. Is the Houston game a trap game for BYU? No. Leads the way at 56%. Yes. 44 on that note, we welcome in former BYU offensive lineman Terrence Brown. He gave up no sacks over five games during his senior season. Very accomplished O-lineman in the Cougar Blue. Terrence, welcome to the show. And we're going to ask you, is this a trap game for BYU? Well, that, that's a good question, guys. You know, uh, I don't think Houston's really played anyone yet, but they're undefeated. And so, you know, I haven't had a chance to look at their film in, in depth or anything like that, but I would imagine that Coach Mendenhall's got the team prepared, and uh, I think we'll play well and we'll probably win, but you never know what's a team that's undefeated. Terrence, I'm just envisioning you at the line with your the your voice right now, and it's it's not it's not the same as it is right now talking to us, right? <laughs> uh, watch out for the middle linebacker. <laughs> yes. It was probably a little bit different a couple of years ago. But, uh, <laughs> you're Barry. You're Barry Whiting it right now. What's that? You're Barry White right now. Wait, oh, wait down here. That. What's up, guys? That's what's up. It's not a trap game. Uh, at Terrence what? with one R. T E R E N C E sixty on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. So, so That's Terrence, right. you played uh, your senior year was the first year of independence for BYU. I'm interested to see what you think of independence now in year three, having been a part of that. Well, I still think it's going great. You know, I think kind of the design behind it is is still kind of rolling forward. Uh, you know, someone asked, I was playing golf the other day with somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they asked the same question. And, you know, my response was, you know, would you rather be in the Mountain West, playing a Mountain West schedule, or, or playing the schedule we're playing right now? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. the bit. The only upside to being in a conference, I think, is if we're in one of the bigger conferences. So I think independence is probably the way to go still. And, I, I mean, it's been fun, you know, after graduating and now just being a fan and alumni, it's fun to see the type of teams we're starting to play through independence. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Tom Homo and those guys, you know, the athletic directors, and I think they'll continue to put together some good schedules going forward. Former BYU offensive lineman Terrence Brown joining BYU Sports Nation. The only context to me, Terrence, is a top 25 ranking for BYU season. Because there are, there are internal goals, but most of the time it felt like when BYU was in a conference, the context was, where do we fit in the standings within the conference? Because then we can compare ourselves. What do you right. think is the context for these players on this team this year? You know... That's a good question. I mean, it is tough because we're not playing for a championship, you know what I mean? And so a lot of people say, you know, it's either BCS or bust type thing. You know, I, I look at it as, you know, you 
you play a good season, and yeah, I think let you know try and get ranked in the top twenty-five, and then win your bowl game. So I think there's still a lot to play for there, and um, I think I'm right along with you. I think top twenty-five, and then you know, important and something that Broncos done a great job with is uh, is win the bowl game. You know, we used to go to a lot of bowl games back in the day, and we didn't do as well in them, but we've done really well with Broncos the head coach. So I think that's a big goal. Terrence, there have been three different centers that have started this year, uh, along with Taysom Mill. That is insane, first of all. Terrence Aletto, Braden Kersley, Edward Fusi have all uh, seen time starting at center and, and done a good job. How much do you buy into the offensive line carousel and, and how it's affecting BYU? And I mean, is it as big a deal as, as the media is making of it? Well, you know, that's a tough question. Um, as a player... I think you'd prefer to just have your five guys and then, you know, maybe one or two, three guys are rotating in just to get, you know, some continuity and everyone on the same page. I mean, I think the real thing is, is no one has distinguished themselves as the guy yet. Um, as far as we're at any position. Yeah. In reality. Yes. Um, I think a couple of guys, I mean, of course, like I say, I'm not breaking down the film every day. Like I used to, obviously, but I've watched every game, watched every play. I think there are a couple of guys that are starting to, you know, kind of show what they're capable of going forward. And the other thing is we're we're really young up front. And so, you know, we're just trying to find those those guys that are going to solidify themselves into those spots. I'm looking at this as as kind of a positive thing. Call this the glass uh half full. Uh, outlook, but I I think that given that the the team is so young up front, and the fact that so many guys are seeing game time, that can only be a good thing for BYU football moving forward. Uh, what do you think? Can you spin this positively? And if so, how? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, um, you know, I think back to when I played as a true freshman. The reason I was able to play is I had Jake Caressa, who was a junior at right tackle, and I had Lance Reynolds Jr., who was a senior at center. And I was sandwiched between them. You know, right now, there's, you know, you got Braden Kersley and a couple of JC guys that they just, their first thing was fall camp. And so it's just going to take time, and the more reps they get, they will improve. Um, I mean, obviously, I think as fans, you know, we want to see them improve as faster but that's just uh, you know sometimes we I think we need to be a little more realistic in our expectations it's a new offense it's a whole new system we haven't run anything like this at BYU it's a different blocking scheme you know different pass protection rules and so and I think we've seen from game one until uh, what I think this is game six coming up game seven game seven Mm -hmm. game seven I think each week we've seen improvements and I do think a couple of guys are starting to, you know, at least in my eyes, it seems like they're solidifying themselves a little bit, and it looks like they're getting a little more playing time each week. So, you know, I think, you know, the ceiling is, is there's still a long ways to go, but we're seeing improvement. Terrence Brown, former BYU offensive lineman on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned that the, um, the expectations need to be realistic. What is realistic for this offensive line this year? You know, realistically, if we can, you know, because the the focal point of the offense is Taysom Hill, most definitely. He can pass, he can run, and so if they can give him an opportunity to make plays, then I think we'll we'll do well. You know, you look at the uh, Georgia Tech game in that first half; he had time to throw the ball. And he didn't really have to use his legs a ton, which I actually prefer. You know, I prefer to see him throw the ball first, and then when everything breaks down, then he can use his legs and get that, you know, third down conversion, you know, get 10 yards here and there. Uh, I think that's when he'll be most dangerous. But, yeah, if they can just continue to improve each week. Um, you saw in the Georgia Tech game, we struggled in the second half, and Georgia Tech, in my opinion, did a great job of, um, making adjustments. They brought some more blitzes in the second half than they brought in the first half. And so I think that'll be a great learning um, opportunity for that young old line to see that it's not going to be the same the whole game. Teams are going to make adjustments, and you have to be able to adjust on the fly as well. 
Terrence, since Jeremy and I have never played on the offensive line, particularly the BYU offensive line or in a major Division One college football game. Hey, I scored a touchdown in intramural flag football last you night. You did do that last night. <laughs> An impressive catch at that. I'll give you that much. There you go. We both want to know, what what is the feeling like right before a snap? And if you can take us back to what you felt, and and feel free to reenact a, I want a to, scenario. I want to hear it. Jaron wants to hear you scream out calls. <laughs> uh, middle linebacker uh, watching oh, the man. box right you guys, there. Are, you guys are putting me on the spot. <laughs> no, I mean, in reality... Um, it wasn't, you know, it, uh, what's the word that people have kind of said, organized chaos or something, okay. you know what I mean? So, you know, you get up there and whatever, let's say it's a pass play, let's say it's a five-step drop, and, you know, in my day, we say we had the running back on the right side, so we knew we had an extra blocker in the backfield, and so... You know, you'd come up and you'd hear the back saying, back right, back right. So that let, lets the line and center know the back's in the right in the protection. And then, you know, as a center, you're looking at safety, tilt, and different things. And so you might make the first call. You know, you might say, Larry, Larry. and Larry, Larry! You guys Larry! Are, <laughs> you back guys right! it down, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know, say last second, the, the safety on the right tilts down. You might go, easy, easy, Roger, Roger, you know. Roger! And, <laughs> and you let the line know that, you know, you're switching to protection and you get the back's got to understand that because if you're sliding it right, he knows that his first, uh, you know, pass protection responsibility is is on the left. So, I mean, that's kind of how it works. I think it's a little different there at BYU now. Um, it's getting a little more where they just call a protection in the huddle, you know, or at the line, obviously, because we're not huddling, but they're either sliding left or sliding right, and the backs are filling on the backside. Just with the fast tempo, I think it has to be pretty uh, simple to keep that fast pace going. That's, that's great insight. Former offensive lineman Terrence Brown joining BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate you taking us into the moment. Yeah, that was great. With Jerem yelling random loud noises <laughs> in the background. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm not, you know, I do the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> you kept your composure, and that's why you were a pretty darn good offensive lineman. But we appreciate you making your BYU Sports Nation debut, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, anytime you guys want me back on, let me know. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Terrence Brown on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time. You know what time it is, Spencer Linton's pet. Oh, yeah. It's the Cougar Whip Around. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. Boom shakalaka. Tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, watch Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. The BYU Basketball Showcase live from the Smithfield House. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler host the showcase, which features a three-point shootout, skills competition, and dunk contest. Don't miss it. Boom Shakalaka. That's the third time in the whip already. Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Women's volleyball. The 20th ranked Cougars are in first place in the West Coast Conference at 7-0 this 7-0 this season and have won 10 matches in a row in 13-14. BYU plays at Portland tonight and at Gonzaga Saturday. Soccer. The Cougars have two conference games this week, both on BYU TV tonight against Pepperdine and Saturday versus Loyola Marymount. Both are live at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. I will be field side for tonight's game, calling that action between the Waves and the Cougars. We welcome in BYU senior forward Nikki Fernandez, one of the stars of the BYU women's soccer team. She hails from Roy, Utah. Nikki, welcome to the show. And how are you getting ready for the game tonight? It's a big one. It is. Hi. Um, yeah, you know, we're really excited for tonight. Uh, it's always exciting to be playing on your home field, and it's been a while since we've been able to do that, and so we're really pumped. Practices have been going real, really well, so we're excited. Uh, you guys have a promotion called Sweaty Thursday. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, um, every game we try to do something fun for our fans, and today is Sweaty Thursday, so we're going to be having um, a Zumba instructor at halftime and just come to the game warm, dressed in your sweats, and it should be a fun fun time. So if you can't go to the game, you're watching it across the nation as our audience is, should they dress up in sweats at home and watch? You know what? You should always be comfortable watching our games. So go for <laughs> it. Dress in sweats. BYU sweats, of course, but... Get into the moment, right? And we said you're from Roy, Utah, Nikki. I know your dad, Freddie. He was the football coach at my high school. Really accomplished guy. But I dare say your fame may be outgrowing his, given that you're from Roy and have been such a great soccer star. Other famous people from Roy, Jim McMahon, 
former Super Bowl quarterback of the Bears. Bill Schuffenhauer, three-time U.S. Olympian, silver medalist, and So You Think You Can Dance season three winner, Sabra Johnson. Do you know Sabra, Nikki? I actually don't know him. Okay, okay, so you don't know Sabra, but would you say that you're right up there? I- I'm going to put you in that top five of most famous uh, accomplished people from Royal Utah. Uh, well, that's an honor to be called that. <laughs> uh, I was born in Roy, and I moved a lot in northern Utah, and my dad recently moved back to Roy when he got the coaching job at Roy High School. So that's what I claim. I didn't go to high school in Roy, but I'm a proud, proud uh Royite. Yeah. yeah Roy-ite. <laughs> Whatever it is. Is that what it's called? Who knows? Yes. Nikki uh, Fernandez, BYU women's soccer team on BYU Sports Nation. What do you need to do to beat Pepperdine tonight, Nikki? You know, it's it's always uh, – our conference is a really tough conference. Every team in our conference is good, and um, it's exciting. Tonight is an opportunity for us to uh, get a big win. Pepperdine's a great team, and with their RPI and our RPI – this win will mean a lot to us. Every game from here on out is really important, but we definitely need to play our game. And I think scoring early is always a good thing for us, and we've been able to do that, but we just need to be able to stay on top throughout the remainder of the game. The BYU Cougars rank 25th in the country in the latest poll. They host Pepperdine tonight. Nikki Fernandez, go get it done. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Tomorrow. Houston head coach Tony Levine talking Cougar football Texas style and BYU basketball transfer from Wake Forest, Chase Fisher. In studio. Oh, man. That dude has a great sense of humor. You're going to love him. Our rise and shout today goes to Kyle Van Noy for being named an All-American at the midway point of the year with Sports Illustrated and CBSSports.com. More BYU Sports Nation banter in uh, looking at our poll question, is the BYU-Houston football game a trap game on Saturday? We go to at Brian Smiley, Utah fan. No, simply he says. No. Skyler Hardman, at Sky Diz. I hope we're not looking past an undefeated team no matter who they've played, not to mention turnover margin. At Dick's Dog 27 BYU isn't looking past an undefeated team. Hashtag, it's not a trap. It's not a trap. At BYU2NFL. This is a huge trap game. Yes, we don't do well when favored. BYU by 17, though. Hashtag assignment sound. And finally, did you do Liberal Drew yet? No. Shout out to Liberal Drew. It's going to be tough. BYU needs to bring its A game on offense, defense, and special teams. It's going to be fun. And BYU and Houston Saturday. Tomorrow, again, we'll have Coach Tony Levine, uh, Houston head coach, and Chase Fisher of the men's basketball team because... You know what it is. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Tomorrow night. Big thanks to our guests, Kelly Papinga, Terrence Brown, Nikki Fernandez, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon at youtube.com slash BYU Radio. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Have a wonderful Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation.